The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, my first guest this morning joins me in studio to talk about sitting the Leaving Cert this year. Nothing too unusual about that, but Tipperary's Cara Darmody is just 11 years old and just two months ago she did the Ordinary Level Junior Cert Maths exam, becoming the first Irish person her age to attempt it. She's now planning on sitting the Leaving Cert Maths exam for a very special and important reason and Cara is here along with her dad Mark to tell us more. You're very welcome both of you. Hello. 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 Hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. here. You certainly are here. (laughs) You're both very welcome. Cara, um, it's so lovely to talk to you. You've been in the papers lots this week with your decision to sit leaving certain maths. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're waiting for your junior cert maths results, are you? Yeah, I am. And we're probably not going to be getting it till October. It's going to be a very long time because they're down the graders this year. So it's going to be a bit longer. But I'll wait. It's worth the wait, right? Is maths your subject? Oh, yeah. Maths is one of my favourite subjects. It's not my favourite subject, but it's up there, at probably in the top three. So what, it's just so what fun. Is, and what's your favourite then? Like geography and history. Oh, Any okay. subject that I can learn something from. Any subject that I know that if I do something today that I, oh, I'm definitely going to learn something new. But also having a fair idea of what we're doing too. But also learning the extra little details like... You know, like that's fun because you I like like, get to learn stuff all the time. Okay. New uh, things. You're heading back to school soon. Uh, you're going to sixth class, is that right? Yeah, I'm going to sixth class. I'm really excited to go back to school because I'm going to Spain a week before <gasps> that. So Wow. Two weeks time. Nice one. And uh, what school do you go to? Um, I go to Ardfin and National School in um, South Tipperary. And this so. is your last year in Ardfin and National School? Yes, and I'm really excited to go into secondary school. Are you? Where will yeah. you go to secondary school? I have no clue yet. I haven't been thinking about it. I've only been thinking <laughs> been about my junior cert and my leaving cert and all that stuff. You're living day by day, I have, are I've you? been too busy. Okay. Now, there's a very special reason that you decided to sit the junior cert back in March. Tell us about that reason. Well, um, I suppose I I sat it on the tenth of June to raise char to um for charity to raise funds for, um the autistic children in both Ardfin and as Karmic um school special school and I did it to um for charity and it was really hard and but I think I nailed it. Actually, I don't think I nailed it. I know I nailed it. Good stuff. That's I know the that. attitude to have. Um, tell us about your brothers Neil and John. Well, Neil is nine and John is five. And basically they can't talk, unfortunately. And basically in simple English, what one of the things I told Tishak was that like Neil doesn't get services, but John got a bit more. And like John understands words, so we hope he will be able to talk one day. Maybe, maybe not, but there's definitely a chance, you know. And that he might be able to say a couple of words in a couple of years' time, but so Neil will never. You're, they're your little brothers. You're the eldest in the family, are you? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Okay. I love being an, an older sister, a bigger sister, because I can take care of them and I can carry John around the place. And even yesterday, we went to Parsons Green in the playground. Oh, and lovely. I was bringing him up on all the slides and he had so much fun and I took great, great care of him. And I also helped him line out, line out the numbers and all that. And then I helped Neil as well. And my mum and dad also helped them. Too, so we all take a big part in that. So Mark, that's tough for Cara as well and for you as a family that both the boys have autism and both quite similar in how autism affects them, is it? Yeah, they are. I mean, they're, they're both severely autistic. Uh, that like, like Neil's window, has he's nine, but the window has closed. He'll never be tile trained, he'll never okay. talk, things like that. And I suppose the issue that Cara's 
uh, you know, talking about nationally with the Taoiseach is lack of services and there often isn't services. So there are thousands and thousands of families who will listen to this this morning and they'll be just saying, look, we're in the same boat. We can't get anything sitting and waiting this for three, four years. Not, you know, you can't even get a phone call returned. So it's just a total disgrace. So like, you know, we'll be calling for uh, massive things to be done about it. Like, but, but even if someone has to, you know, get private stuff, then, I mean, why should they have to pay for that? Why isn't the government setting up a scheme immediately um, to just refund parents mm. for any penny which they pay? It needs to come to a stop right now, and that's what we're going to do. So we've got 13 months now of keeping this in the national area. Okay, and you had your youngest son diagnosed privately, did you? Is that right? Oh, absolutely, privately. Yeah. He was, he was diagnosed and do you feel he has a better months. chance oh, 100%. now? Okay. Like, so, like, you know, like what, what basically happens with outborn years, uh, a parent thinks that there's issues with their child, but it takes a long time to actually face up to that. So you go to the HSE for help and then you're just left, left sitting rotting on a, on a waiting list for, for like three years. And then they tell you, you have a serious problem. So you're not even really even accessing services, nor do you see the need to access the services. So like the whole system needs to be revamped. But like the HSE, as I describe them, is a big, bad, ugly monster that nobody can control. So until the politicians, like Cara told the Taoiseach this, she actually said to him, what you're guilty of is, you are you are so nice, you're a gentleman, but what you're guilty of is you're the parent, the HSE is the child, you're not parenting the child. And I was sitting there hearing an 11-year-old is telling the Taoiseach <laughs> this and as nice as he yeah. was, he, she told him she must he must t- treat it like a national crisis, like it's a house on fire. And that's what we're looking for, a big change in mm. attitude. You know? mm. And he was nice to you, Cara, was he? Yeah, I suppose he is really nice to us. And but nice isn't we, enough, is it not? No, no. no. We, we need action. And I told him that I'll be back. And I pointed my finger at him that I'll be back from the termination moment. But Ooh. then again, if I'm back with the Taoiseach and all the politicians, politicians the see, that only means one thing. That means I'll be back here as well. Yeah, and I'll be true. back on beat. Um, beach 102, 103 to update you. And also, I don't regret studying my maths because studying maths got me to meet T-Shock and Natasha and it got me to meet all these people and also to get me on Beach 102, 103. Hey, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well done. <laughs> yes. Now, uh, the Junior Cert and the Leaving Cert, they're very different. So yeah. how are you finding Leaving Cert maths? Have you started any of your study yet? For um, when we haven't started yet, but we're going to be starting in about two weeks' time. After so your holiday I'm to so Spain. excited for that. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited. You're excited about studying? Yeah, because I'm going to be learning things like all the time. Like If I don't know something, I'm going to learn and it's going to be really fun because I love learning stuff. Okay, now you raised funds for your own school back in March when you started off um, studying for the junior cert and then for School Cormac Special Needs School as well when, you, when as I said, you sat the junior cert. But you're doing something a little bit different now that you're sitting the Leaving Cert Ordinary Maths, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose the first thing is the Leaving Cert is going to be a bit harder, but I'm up for that. Okay. But then another one of the things is that as I am and Family Carers Ireland are now on board with the funders this year, so they could get us like they could get us so far as well because they're going to be helping us as well. And again, Irish Finn and Skull Cormac will be in it too. But remember though that we're not doing this for ourselves. Like my brothers will not benefit from this. The only way we are going to benefit is from other people benefiting. Because as you say, like if when you do something kind, it's always going to come back to That's you. True. And how it's coming back to me is that you're letting me on your TV show, <laughs> on your radio show, your Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three. That's how kindness is coming back. Oh. By the way. I, since your name is Euler Rappo, we yeah. decided to make your rap song. Oh, okay. Hey, will we leave that to the very end? Is that we'll how we'll we'll end. finish okay. the interview, okay. and then we'll chat for a bit more, and then we'll.
will do the rap. I'm wondering what you have rhymed rappel though. It'll be quite interesting. <laughs> Mark, do you use yeah. the services of As I Am and family carers themselves? Are they people that you use as a family then? Look, I suppose the whole system is totally broken down. They mm. are absolutely brilliant organisations. But like what, what what's basically going on here is I, I, I just compare Down syndrome. OK, uh, a child is immediately at birth. You know that there's an issue. So within six weeks, they get access to services immediately and they get massive support. Why is it not like that with autism? Even when you get your diagnosis, you then sit and you just don't get the services. But what are we meant to do as parents? Mm. And I mean, like to be fair to the Taoiseach and the government, they're kind of, I, I, I think they've been oblivious to, to, to the extent of mm. the damage. But that's fine. But now they're aware of yeah, it. Aware so as Cara, Cara said, you know, the days of hiding on this issue mm. are over. Mm-hmm. So they, they, must, need they, yeah, they need to do action. They need to do action. But How does this know. affect you as a family? Like family holidays, like going to Spain and stuff like that? There is no such thing as a family holiday. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't call that family I'm taking Cara away for, for basically four so days. So you're a family a, of five, but yes. it's yourself and Cara who are going away. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We have never gone on a family holiday in like six, seven years because it's no longer possible. We will never go on a family holiday again. It's just, but we're not, we're not playing the victim here. Mm. That's our cards. We've been dealt with it. But what's bothering us and it bothers every parent is that there's no support. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are our cards. Our, our life has been destroyed by this. Mm. But just... Surely we're entitled to speech and language. Surely we're entitled to that psychiatry that I'm talking about to stop him hitting himself. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just, it's everyone's story. So what they would love, the politicians would love if I said, I want this. And then they give it to me and I would go away quietly. We're not going to ask for anything. We're just, as Cara says, we won't do it. For, uh, we're, we're doing it for a national issue. Mm-hmm. She has a unique opportunity. We're doing it for everyone um, else. Because okay. she's 11. You Both ourselves. Like, I wouldn't be here, Orla, only for, like, Cara's story so it's her story they can't get rid of her you see she's like a pain in the you know what. I am she just she won't go away she's like I that, won't she's like and that I'm wasp who just that. keeps coming after the, the jam and um, I'm not ashamed of it she's not and you shouldn't be are you the buddies in this system and what's going on with yeah look uh, people often say to me are you proud of her it's gone far 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 mm. beyond that I just sit in awe watching her now at this stage watching her talk and like as I say she went into the Taoiseach's office uh, she was on Morning Ireland before and to say that she was going to go in and tell him that it was a total and utter disgrace what was going on we sat there as parents in an 80 minute meeting but the first 10 minutes were her lashing him it was to see it I, I, I honestly God, I don't think any, any parent will ever see it again that she said that and we're sitting there just in admiration for her bravery like forget about that she's our child of mm. course we're proud of her but this is beyond proud mm. this is like I can't believe that this is actually happening and you must be so you know? proud of her how she's standing up for her two brothers as well absolutely mm. I, I mean look look, she has been empowered from a young age we've always uh, I suppose look in, in a joking way now here for any parents out there who are thinking about empowering your child don't do it because this is what happens <laughs> they get you in front of the Taoiseach and you could get jailed for it uh, no but joking aside uh, yeah she is powerful and she is but she has simple solutions um, for I've all the I've been brought up that way you know and look, she's very much, that's why she's got public attention, public, um, you know, uh, traction. Mm. But I think as as this leaving cert comes closer, and by the way, it's tragic mm. that an 11-year-old is sitting a leaving cert. So Neil and John, they go to the school, school. they go to the special Cashel. school, and that's in your town, is it's it? It's in Cashel. It's, it's in Cashel. miles away. They unfortunately go on a bus. So we have like a two-tier system. We drop Cara to our school you know, um, and then we have to put our children on a bus. It's uh, there's in the morning. I don't feel like crying. It, it, it's horrible. So it's not like, no. you know, normality even. It's not just it's but just they need frustrating be, and upsetting yeah, every day. But they need to be in that special school. Mm. And that's one thing that we brought to the Taoiseach's attention. This integration model, I agree with it and I would dream about it. But unfortunately, our children need like uh, Neil needs one to one. He has mm. to have one adult with him full time. 
they can't supply that in a national school in this country. They just can't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're grateful to the schools and our Finn is a great school, but our two boys need a special school. Okay. I, I, I dream of the day when they wouldn't, but they will, you okay. know, unfortunately. And a special school for secondary school, obviously, as well. That's so. the problem, you yeah. see, is that the government hasn't been thinking ahead, so there's mm. very few secondary school spaces, but the special school in uh, has a secondary school in it. It's 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 an all school. Okay. It has a preschool, primary school, secondary school. Okay. So again, you know, all right. So. Okay. And, and it's hard to get across your day to day life, even, and even Cara having two brothers that need such special care. Your and family so, is yeah. very different to what people picture what when is, they look, think of uh, a family. The day to day, the lack of sleep um, is the one thing we bring up. When we went up to the Taoiseach, we had to be up in morning Ireland, so we left home very early in the morning, half four. I hadn't slept for three days. What? Um, and why was that? Because Neil just doesn't understand clock. He can't, he, he doesn't understand a single English word. So he does not understand tonight at midnight that it's, um, you know, time to shut down. So like last night now wasn't too bad. He went to sleep at half two. But I'm still up at half seven this morning um, to go about my daily work and, 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 and our stuff. So like our life is chaos. Now, thank God that I don't have too much of a problem staying up late, but mm. my wife, it destroys her. So like when we met the Taoiseach, I'd actually been without sleep for three days. So you can imagine how I looked. Do you mind the suit? Um, Like the eyes were hanging out of my head. You know, so it's just to emphasize that there's chaos within households when your child has challenges. But I don't even want to just talk about the challenges. Like any child who has an autistic or any family with an autistic child on any level will say, look, it's full time in this way or Mm. it's challenging in this way or they get anxious where nobody else would get anxious mm. or there's so many things which and you I think, think we, we don't understand that and um, that awareness is so important and have you seen a change in Neil since going to the special school have, have some things improved um, we'd say it's been a big problem over the summer like he okay. just regresses dramatically over the summer I mean like the school is, is just incredible like they are, and they have incredible staff who want to be dealing with the likes of Neil because he's challenging. Mm. He will assault himself. He will bite himself. Uh, like Kara sees it every day. We can't protect her from this anymore. But as she says herself on national media, she doesn't want protection. Uh, I think that the government needs protection from her at the moment. But <laughs> that's another uh, yeah. another side. They might have to take on bouncers uh, to keep her out of Leinster House. But uh, but look, the whole issue is that it is extremely challenging. But like like Neil's challenging behaviour, that's why he needs highly trained people. Mm-hmm. He's not suitable for a national school. They just cannot deal with that. They just cannot do it. But they don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. They don't have. But, but even like special schools are stripped to the bone. So these are all the issues. But again, Cara has forced the, the Minister for Special Education. She's coming down to Ardfin and, and Scott Cormac uh, to see it firsthand. Uh, that all resulted from her meeting with Joseph Madigan last May. So I'm hoping that they won't put out the red carpet with all due respect to her. Mm-hmm. I hope that they'll show her the enormity the of what they're dealing with. Yeah. And that if the teacher's been assaulted, if, if they don't have the proper staff and manpower, that she sees that firsthand mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of doing what they normally do in schools where they might like say, welcome the minister, rightly so. Uh, but I'm sorry, but we're not, you know, this has gone beyond a red card uh, mm-hmm. welcome totally. now. So, you know. You're some girl for 11. Thanks so much. <laughs> Are you mad about your little brothers? Are you the boss? Well, I suppose, like, I love taking care of them and, you know, it's so good to be, like, an older sibling, to be honest. So, I love helping other people and we're not doing this for ourselves, we're doing it to help everyone else because I was raised to help others, like, not think about do I benefit from this or not because you always benefit from helping people in some kind of way. Fair play to you. So, I suppose, Ora, the fundraiser will go live in two months' time. Okay. She, she needs to kind of, uh, there'll be a media strategy around mm-hmm. this. So, like, to your listeners there, uh, no, you can't really fundraise while her other fundraiser is technically still open it's kind of close we'd rather people just wait okay. and maybe she can come on again and just announce Definitely. when it's launching and, and is know. there any other way that people can get in contact with you or do you have a Facebook
Facebook or anything well, yeah, like that? Yeah, she, uh, she has a Facebook page that she calls Cara's Extraordinary Maths Challenge, but people could contact her. But, but I mean, look, uh, her fundraiser will be coming in about eight weeks' time and it's 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 going we're anticipating well look it isn't even the money it's this is the chance to stop the government doing what they're doing and make them wake up this is I, I mean I'll be honest with you as I am in family cares they're not really seeing the money aspect mm-hmm. of this this is beyond money but she raised 38,000 in six weeks that gave her the mandate to make the government say we need to listen to this 11 year old and she needs to be brought in here to Leinster House so anyone who donated the last time your fiver gave her the mandate the fact that so many donated that they gave her that amount of money. So what we'll be saying to next time is we need a bigger mandate. It's beyond the money. It's mm-hmm. not. I'd rather kind of see, you know, four people give five euro than mm. one person give 20. Well, if you want to follow Cara's journey, it is Cara's extraordinary maths challenge. As Mark said, the fundraiser will be taking place in about two months time. But you can follow what's happening on that Facebook page. Cara's extraordinary maths challenge. Are we going to do this rap? We're doing the rap song. Yeah. OK, let's do this rap song. Right? Here we go. Two, oh, you chewies are doing uh, it. I'm doing the background. Oh, OK. So, so my tough guy music. image nationwide okay. is, is now gone out the door. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and so am I. Take it away. Orla is the best and we all know She tells us stories on the radio She is better than the two Johnnies Her show is the best for all to see Hey, I love it. Thank you so Thanks. much. That is Cara Darmody and her dad, Mark. Cara's Extraordinary Maths Challenge is on Facebook. And thanks a million for thanks coming in this so morning. Thank, Thank you. you. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. Well, a very international Sunday Grill this morning, especially in this half of the Sunday Grill. My next guest is talking to me from Milan. And later on, we'll chat to someone in Toronto, in Canada. But let's stay in Italy, where my next guest is on a work trip for her fashion house, Alicia and Chloe. I spoke to Alicia Law before about her fashion and she is rebranding now and she's launched her exclusive formal wear collection this weekend. She joins me on the Sunday Grill this morning with more details. You're very welcome back to the Sunday Grill, Alicia. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Rebranding. Explain to us what that means and what you've done. So basically, um, in September 2021, um, I decided to cease partnerships um, with my business partner um, and rebrand it as Alicia and Chloe. Um, We separated ways um, and then um, I rebranded it. Yeah, I rebranded it as Alicia and Chloe uh, because I decided to um, go out on my own. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's no Chloe, is there not? Um, no. So basically, Alicia and Chloe. It's it's just the name. So obviously, my name is Alicia. Yeah. Okay. And did the Chloe come from anything in particular, or did you just pick that um, name? No, nothing really. I obviously I decided just to yeah call it Alicia and Chloe. Okay, good stuff. And how would you describe the sort of fashion that you have on your website and on your Instagram on Alicia and Chloe? We're basically an Irish um, online uh, retail um, boutique um, supplying formal wear for wedding guests, communions, christenings um, and um, yeah, any dresses for ladies who are looking for that special dress for a special occasion. Um, And it was really important for me, um, especially when I went out on my own. I really wanted to um, distinguish my boutique from others where um, I would be able to supply um, exclusive pieces so that, you know, you wouldn't see them in every other shop. Um, so to do that, I obviously 
um, had to um, travel quite a bit. So I, I traveled um, to different countries um, last year to, to, to try and source pieces um, that were, that were exclusive. So um, I've, I've, I've done that. And um, with my new, um, my new collection that's launching um, on Friday um, or that's just launched um, Friday, um, we'll have 80% exclusive pieces so that, that, that um, I'm the only one who, who um, supplies them within Ireland. Brilliant. So how would you describe them? You say they're formal wear. So are they very different in what you're providing? And what, and what countries did you go to, for example? Uh, so I, I traveled to Madrid. I, I traveled to Paris. Um, they, you know, the, I suppose they're dresses that I really wanted to um, source pieces that were timeless so that you can pull out in years to come that would never date um, and that was really important to me. And I, I suppose the, the price range uh, to, in order to do that, my price range obviously had to increase a small amount, but nothing, nothing is um, nothing is really above 190 euro that I stock. And I, I, that was something that was really important to me because um, I know that, especially with um, sustainability um, being becoming more prominent, um, that, you know, it, it's important for me to find pieces that that would never date, you know. Yeah, and you have some lovely stuff up here and some headpieces as well you have in there. Is that right? Um, no. So basically what I do is when I when I style the dresses um, on my social media, on my Instagram, Alicia and Chloe, um, I kind of I style them with hats um, from different milliners and um, just so that my customers can see can see what, you know, the whole outfit would look like. OK, good idea. And you're yeah. the model in these Instagram posts, are you? Yeah, so I, I obviously I, I did a bit of modeling um, before before I before I started Lissy and um, Chloe um, and um, yeah, so I've, I I do all the modeling, which which is easier in one one aspect, but it's it's very much time consuming. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 good. So yeah, no, I do all the modeling. Yeah. And I, you're in Milan at the moment. Or what are you looking out for specifically in Milan at the moment? Or is it each country kind of gives you different inspiration? Does it? Yeah, so um, I came to Milan um, partly on a kind of holiday, but also to try and source different brands that were unique again, trying to trying to um, gain more exclusive pieces. Um, so, yeah, what I'm kind of looking for is simplicity, but probably less is more, um, which I always think is more effective when it comes to style. Um, so yeah, no, I've um, I've been looking around at different brands, which 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 have given me you know great inspiration of what I want to do down the line and um, what I want my um, boutique to to stand out, you know. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's been it's been a great trip, and um, I yeah I've learned a lot and I've you know I've gained a few brands, so it's 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 something that um, I look forward to showing hopefully to my customers in the in the future. Now we're heading into Deb season, of course, um, as we head into September. Have you anything in particular there for young girls who are heading into that the perhaps their first experience of formal wear? Yeah, so the new collection that launched um, on Friday, um, there will there will be a few pieces um, within that collection. Uh, for those girls who are who are going to their Debs, which is really exciting. Um, I've actually there's I think there's two or three pieces that I've kind of give a sneak peek already on my social media, which um, I know they've they've got huge feedback from some of the girls who are looking for dresses, you know, for their for their Debs. So it's 
um yeah i know it's uh, mainly it's probably for wedding guests um and uh formal formal um you know weddings and mother of the bride but there is a few maxi dresses there for for the debs which is really really cool so yeah Lovely. And you've got some very sparkly, sparkly outfits in there as well. A couple of them that just look fab as well, especially as we're heading into the winter time. Yes. Yes. No, there is. There's a beautiful um, uh, black uh, maxi dresses, uh, maxi dress there that that is absolutely stunning. And the, the quality is absolutely to die for. So, um, yeah, no, I, um, I have worked really hard on this collection um, that I'm that I'm launching and it was something that I really wanted to stand out since I, you know, rebranded Alicia and Chloe and I felt that that I needed to up my game. Um, so, yeah, I hope that this this new collection will portray that. So you're staying fully online, are you? You're not going to have a, st- a shop storefront? No, I think I think for the moment um, I would love um, just to stay online. Um, I would love down the line to create my own brand um, and that's something you know traveling to Milan traveling to Spain or traveling to Paris is you know you you gain experience you know I I started from absolutely nothing um and um I've built this this up from the the ground you know from the ground up so um yeah no look I I think at the moment I'll stay with um just online um because obviously you know I'm I'm running it on my own so it, it is very time consuming because you have social media you have everything but yeah no it's um no it's going extremely well and yeah no I'm I'm really excited for what the future holds brilliant and doing really well on Instagram as well at 13,000 followers so Alicia and Chloe yeah. is the Instagram account if you want to check it out and see some of the formal wear that is available there on on that Instagram page and the website is aliciaandchloe.com and as you said yourself it's for wedding guests communions Deb's uh, special occasions and that autumn winter collection came out on Friday and you can check it out on Alicia and Chloe on Instagram. Alicia, it was lovely to talk to you again and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's Beat 102-103 on this Sunday morning. You're listening to The Sunday Grill with me, Orla Rappel. Well, cane auctioneers in Wexford Town are hoping to kit out Wexford Women's Refuge and they need your help to tell us more about it. John Kane, the man himself, is on the phone. You're very welcome to The Sunday Grill, John. Thank you, Ireland. Thank you so much and thanks for having me. No hassle at all. Before we start, tell me a little bit about Wexford's Women's Refuge and what they do and why you decided to get involved in helping to kit it out. Well, there was a group of us decided to get involved and uh, I wasn't thinking about it at all until I spoke to these people. And I only realised from there and then uh, how much um, this is needed and... um, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of women, a lot of children, in in you know they're really in dire need. They have nothing, Arla, and the more support they get, the better. And I I really would ask people to get behind us on this. And the money is going to a very good cause, and it's going to the new refuge. They're they're building a new refuge, and this this money will be going towards kitting out the refuge. Okay. So it was announced back in April that money was going to go towards building this new refu- refuge which is needed yeah. in County Wexford yeah. and it'll be in Wexford Town. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're thinking of what will go into that refuge. So what sort of stuff yeah. are you hoping to kit it out with, for example? Where, 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 where hopefully this money will look after sanitary, furniture, um, beds, tables, um, shower units, bathrooms, 
sitting room areas, bedroom areas, all that where, where it's needed. It, 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 it will be, you know, shell and core. So they need, they, they badly need money to get it out. Because at the moment there's only four rooms for any, you know, any lady that's in trouble and that needs um, looked after an accommodation. So now this is going to expand to, you know, where there'll be several rooms and accommodation and where they can have their dinner and sit down and have their tea and bring their kids with them. And it's quite a big building they're building, is it? It's quite a big building. I don't actually have the exact precise details of that, Arla. But yes, it is quite a big building. Okay, so how much are you hoping to fund to kit, kit this out, so? Look, um, we need, I suppose, uh, the bones of 100,000. And okay. if we can raise, you know, there was other people come in on this as well with gyms, tractor runs, tractor runs, wellness days, fitness, and this is one that we decided to do, and we're sponsoring that prize. Hopefully we'll, you know, if we can, between all of us, if we can put 40, 50, 60,000 together, it'll be, it'll be a big donation towards us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us what you're doing, what you're offering at Keynes Auctioneer, and what you want people to do in order to donate. What we want people to do in order to donate, if they go on our, um, you know, Instagram, Facebook page, they will see where they can log in to Keen Auctioneers and they can do- donate 20 euros or they can donate larger amounts, amounts if they want. And and in return, you know, we're going to have the draw and some lucky donator will, will get that nice prize up in Monart in Anascorti. Okay, lovely. Nice prize indeed. So that's two nights in Monart. No, it is a nice prize. Yeah, yeah it's it lovely. Is. And we're, we're, you know, we're, we're happy and we're proud to be in the position to sponsor this for such a good cause. But I, I would really ask people to get behind it. It's so badly needed. I had no idea myself even. Mm-hmm. But now I have an idea of what's needed, you know. Okay, good stuff. Now you have a closing date for this, don't you? The closing date is the 14th of September. It was uh, the 14th of... Or sorry... It was, um, we were going to do the trial on the 25th of August, but now it's just been pushed out um, some extra weeks or that because the interest in it is really ramping up and we want everybody to have a chance to donate and win this nice prize and support these people. Okay, and support a local charity as well with the Wexford Women's... It's a a local charity, yes, exactly. That's it. Okay, good stuff. So if you want to go on to Keen Auctioneers uh, Instagram and then there's a link in the bio where you can donate and also there's a link yes. there for Wexford Women's Refuge so you can see what they're doing and what progress is happening there as well. But if you have the money and you'd like to donate to help kit out the Wexford Women's Refuge, just go on to Keen Auctioneers Instagram page and you'll find all the details. John, thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thank you, Marla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's Beat 102-103 on this Sunday morning and you're listening to The Sunday Grill and we're heading into autumn and some lovely events around the southeast to enjoy as the evenings get darker. One of the first musicals of the season in Waterford City is Anything Goes. It's a musical that was created almost 100 years ago for reasons that feel very similar to what we experienced over the past few years thanks to the pandemic. To tell us more, Dara Jane O'Sullivan from Jack Cunningham Productions is on the phone. She's the co-producer and stage manager of Anything Goes. And you're very welcome, Dara Jane. Hi, Orla. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are rehearsals going? You're um, starting off with Anything Goes in the Theatre Royal in Waterford City from August 31st. Is that right? That's it, yeah. So we're going to kick off on Wednesday, the 31st of August, and it'll run for four nights up to Saturday, the 3rd of September. Okay. Um, 
So this whole process kind of started months ago now and we're getting closer and closer to it. So it's so it's very exciting for us. But, you know, you feel that little bit of pressure now to kind of make sure everything's on track and where it should be to get it to the stage. Is it an unusual time to have a musical? September, kind of late August, September time? Um, I think as far as uh, Jack Cunningham Productions goes, it's always been kind of, um, you know, that time for Jack's full-scale productions. Um, and a lot of it would have to do with um, kind of how many different age groups um, are actually involved in Jack's productions. You know, people from eight, the age of 16 or 17 or 18 right up to people um, in their 50s. So I, I suppose a bit of it is to accommodate people during the summer. Um, and also it gives you kind of more flexibility in terms of rehearsal time and everything like that. So a lot of benefits for it, definitely. But, and, you know, with the Theatre Royal calendar, very lucky that, you know, we mm. got the dates and I think it's going to be very good. Now, the reason that we're talking to you this morning is because of the musical itself, Anything Goes, and how similar it is to what we've gone through for the past few years, even though it came out in the 1930s. Tell us about it. So it was written in the 1930s and the music is by uh, Cole Porter and the book was written by P.G. Wodehouse and um, Guy Porter. Um, So, you know, it was actually written after the financial crash in the 30s in the US and the whole idea was to have um, kind of that, you know, kind of vaudeville slapstick comedy um, and really full music with full-on dancing to get people back into theatres and I suppose to get them to forget about the worries um, of the time and so we thought it was a lovely tie-in um, to bring it to the Theatre Royal post-pandemic you know we know Covid is still around but thank God restrictions have been lifted and particularly on the arts and um, so we thought it was a lovely tie-in to have something that's really uplifting really entertaining and is going to have audiences leaving the Theatre Royal with nothing but a smile on their face on the night so I think it's a really lovely idea and you know I can't wait to see it on the stage and has it aged well if it's the 1930s? So it's a good 92-ish kind of age. Has it aged well? Um, the book was actually rewritten. So the version we're doing um, has actually never um, been seen in Waterford. Um, so it w- it's been revived quite a few times on the West End and on Broadway. Um, so the book as is now, you know, um, ha- would have ironed out any sort of issues around the original book from the 30s. So, absolutely. Um, and I think that goes to show the longevity of the show and um, that the core of its story and the characters and the music and everything is still there and just a couple of edits on it, you know, and it's and it's good to go. Okay. The, the core of the story is all about kind of that really rich and full 1930s you know, flapper dancing, um, you know, the music is really, really full. Like, it would have been done with the full orchestra um, and you can hear all of that in it. And I suppose then to go with that, it's the choreography um, has to be really strong. Unfortunately, Jack has a brilliant mind as a choreographer. So I've seen some of the rehearsals going on now and it's just amazing. So it really just is kind of lavish and full and funny. Um, so it's so it's a really a really great show to have going to the stage. And just quickly, give us the premise of it. So, what subjects are we dealing with here? So we're we're dealing with a wide range of um, characters who would be of different kinds of social classes, and they're all going to set board on the SS American. The entire show takes place on board a huge cruise uh, liner that's traveling, and so you'll have 
characters like Reno Sweeney, who is kind of a nightclub singer turned evangelist, um, Moonface Martin, who is a gangster, but she's pretending to be a priest on board. Um, you have Billy Crocker, who is following the girl he loves onto the liner as a stowaway. Um, and, you know, Hope Harcourt then, who is engaged to a man she doesn't love, but because of her mother, you know, is going to go through with the wedding. So I don't want to give too much away, but there's a wide range of characters um, and you're kind of following their story all on board uh, the SS American. So it really is quite entertaining to see how it all ends up. Okay, and the and Jack Cunningham Productions, who are creating Anything Goes for the Theatre Royal, are completely self-funded. What What does that mean? So that means that um, Jack Cunningham Productions as a company doesn't receive any funding um, from any state body like the Arts Council or Waterford Council or anything like that. So putting this on the stage, you know, financially is all on Jack, you know. Um, so everything from having the set built to renting the theatre, the lights, the costumes, everything has to be funded through the sale of tickets. And then, of course, um, sponsorships from businesses and individuals who will buy ads in the programme or we have some amazing nightly sponsors for the show. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, been, it's a really big project to take on artistically in terms of getting the show on, but then all, everything that goes on in the, for the production in the background. So it's a massive, massive show to take on. You know, we, you know we've had amazing support from businesses and individuals <coughs> in Waterford. Um, you know, such as the Stable Yard, Tower Hotel, The Reg, Tin Gin, MSC, um, you know, and lots and lots of businesses across the board who are taking ads, who are, you know, donating money to get the show on the road. And it's just been really incredible to see because obviously it's an incredibly difficult time for businesses as well and for people. But the response we've seen in terms of the ticket sales and in terms of, you know, businesses supporting the arts, you know, it's been really amazing to see. Mm, yeah. Well, and, you know, people will know the songs from Anything Goes as well. Songs like I Get a Kick Out of You and You're the Top. Some really iconic numbers there that you mightn't necessarily know comes from this particular musical. This is the thing, you know, I heard a couple of the songs and I'd actually known them before, but I had no idea mm. that they were from Anything Goes. Now, obviously, you have the main staple piece of the show, which is Anything Goes, the musical number. Um, but I've, you know, we kind of on Sunday had... I was watching Jack choreograph one of the main um, dances, which is called Blow Gabriel Blow, and like the intricacy of the choreography and the way he's done it, and then the way the cast are performing it. You know, I think it's really going to be a spectacle on the Theatre Royal stage, um, and I just can't wait for people to see it. And if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, I'd really encourage you to. Um, because there's some lovely, lovely songs like you mentioned, It's Still Lovely and things like that, and then the big, huge numbers. So I think it's going to be a really good night in the theatre. Lovely stuff. It's on from the 31st of August until the 3rd of September. Um, the Sorry, what am I saying? It's on from the 31st of August until the 3rd of September at 8pm. You can go on to theatreroyal.ie if you fancy going on board the SS American for Anything Goes. It's a Jack Cunningham production and Dara Jane is the co-producer and the stage manager. Dara Jane O'Sullivan, thanks a million for joining me this morning. Thanks a million, Orla. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103. 
Beat 102 and 03. Okay, we're in Milan in Italy a couple of minutes ago. Now let's head to Toronto in Canada where really weirdly, I did not know this, our Brian is there and he's even gone to the cinema for us, haven't you? I hope you have anyway. I've gone twice. Oh, well done. If any man was going to go to the cinema in Canada, it was going to be Brian. What are you doing in Canada? I was just on a, a nice old family holiday. Okay. My mum's always wanted to come over here, so... Okay, and first impressions of Toronto? It's all right. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of like a wannabe American city, is that? Okay, in what way? No, that's your opinion. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's a wannabe LA, okay. if that makes sense. Okay, and is it cool? Is it... How would you describe Toronto? Uh, big buildings, I suppose. <laughs> So like any North American city, really, just big buildings. Yeah, I'm going to describe it in movies, Orla. I'm not going to describe it in Okay, okay. we'll move on. I, I had such plans for talking about exotic locations like Toronto, but you gave us yeah. big buildings. So thank you very much. <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on from Brian. There's unex- big buildings here, though. Okay, well, let's move on from his unexpected absence to his review of the movie Nope. This is a science fiction horror film co-produced by Jordan Peele, who does write a good movie, it has to be said. Uh, two siblings running a horse show in California discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, who, of course, was the breakout star of Jordan Peele's Get Out. Let's have a listen to some Nope. And then Brian will tell us whether it's a yes or a nope for him. What if I told you that today you'll leave here different? Pops. Pops! I'm talking to you. Bro, what'd you see? Something above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here. You are going to witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Here we go. Now, the only Jordan Peele movie, of which there are three, aren't they? This is his third movie I watched, is Get Out. It freaked the living daylights out of me. How would we describe this one in terms of whether Orla will go to it or not? I don't think this is an Orla type movie. (laughs) Thank you very much. Tell us about it. Give us the premise here. It was hard even when I was researching it to find a comprehensive premise because it's quite intricate isn't it yeah well it's 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 not really like once you look at the bare bones mm. but so basically danny clue and kiki palmer plays his sister in it and they have this like horse ranch and basically they rent out horses to movies to, like to be in movies and stuff and then out of nowhere one day there's just this like power goes and there's like an alien type creature thing there okay and it's basically like the the classic thing of if anybody's going to watch him like see an alien, just be like, nope, just nope their way out of that situation, just leave. Okay. But they need they need the money, so they're going to try and capture it on video. Okay. And, now, uh, does it start off though with a kind of background story about a animal actor who 
is shot yeah. in front of another child actor. Is that right? So yeah, there's there's this kind of backstory of like Stephen Ewan is in it as well, and he's kind of like the next house over. He has this kind of like ranch thing, like for people to visit, and he was like this child star, and like there was this rogue monkey thing, and that was that's pretty freaky to be fair. I'm not gonna lie. But uh, it was just kind of, it's all kind of about how, like, predators and, like, acting around animals and stuff as well. But it is, it's, I don't know, it's very interesting. Like, but it was, it was, it was freaky as well. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I don't think, I don't think you would have liked that. <laughs> so, what did you come away from the movie thinking? Like, was it more a study on how people are treated, which is very much a theme of what Jordan Peele does a lot in his movies? Or is it straight out eerie horror type movie? Yeah, so I was trying to think of that because, like, that when with Jordan Peele's movies, there's like a very clear message when, in it as well. Like, you know, I, I feel this one is kind of like because with like us, it was kind of about homelessness and stuff and how we react to people that are just kind of, you know, slightly different to us or whatever. And like, Get Out was obviously about kind of racism and stuff. But uh, this one, I, I, I can't really place. I think it's about basically how like there hasn't really been a, a black or like an ethnic movie talking about like. Just a horror movie, like you know, like a an UFO type movie, because it's it's not how they would personally react to it, like you know. Okay. So it's so it is a UFO type movie, is it? Is that what it is? It is, but I think it's always one of those situations where, like, you might well, you might see on Twitter or something like a new horror movie comes out, and people are like, "This is not how we would react to it," and he just made the movie that this is how. Like, so if you were like, no, I'm not going to get involved. If you see something creepy around the corner, you just go the other way. You don't go investigate type mm. of situation. It's just like a more honest horror movie made for people that would react to it honestly. If okay. that makes sense. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya in there. Um, the main star as usual in a Jordan Peele or? Yeah, he's, he's the guy. Uh, okay. Kiki Palmer has a pretty big role as well, but it, it definitely has that feeling of just like a movie they made during lockdown with a very small cast. You wouldn't even realize, you know, that some of the lockdown movies you'd realize, okay, mm. yeah, this is a, like, they had very tight budget and stuff. This one was just, like, such a scaled down personal movie, you don't even realize that it was probably, like, a, a lockdown movie, really. Okay. But, and apart from Daniel himself, any other standout stars in this? There's, so there's a guy, he, in the movie, he's called Angel Torres, but Brandon Perea is his name. And I just thought he was hilarious. He was like the fool. And anytime there's ever a fool in the movie, I'm always like, yeah, that's like, that's like me. It's simple and it's done right. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So it's a good watch. Yeah, I would recommend it. not going to lie. I don't think you'd like it, though. It is, a, it is a more. I think it's something that I'll have to watch on television, to tell you the truth, so that I can leave the room yeah. and all the bad Hide things happen. Hide behind some happened. pillows. Yes, that's it. Let's black pudding it. How many out of 10 would you give to Nope? I'll give it like an 8.5, I'd say. Okay, good stuff. And why is it losing a point? A black pudding, in fact? Simply the fact that Get Out was so good and all Jordan Spiel's movies are always going to have that comparison. Okay. That, like, it was just so groundbreaking that in comparison, it's just not as good, if that makes sense. Okay. Did you watch this in a Canadian movie theatre? I did, okay. I did, and, and it was a pretty experience? full Canadian movie theatre. Okay. It was good. People clapped at the end of the movie, so that's a, that will tell you. All right, that's uh, good to hear. So, people laughed and everything so it was it was, it was great like because there's a big comedy and stuff in this as well so it's the audience react when they should okay. if that makes sense and it, it adds to it and tell me like all good massive cinemas in North America as in the continent did you get to have as many free refills of your drink as you wanted oh uh, I, I didn't even know that that was a <gasps> thing I kind of I was late 
in a classic Brian, I was late showing oh, up. So there you go. I got the got the food and went in, and I just like sat down then for that. Okay, okay. I couldn't even. I could. I couldn't have done a free refill. Anyway. A Brianism for sure. Uh, are we going eight and a half or nine black puddings? Then you choose. Uh, we'll say eight and a half. Okay, eight and a half for Nope Jordan Peels Nope Brian Sauce in Toronto in Canada. Weirdly, um, will I see you next week? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, yeah. I won't actually. Sorry, because I am on a break. <laughs> so I'll see oh. you in a couple of weeks' time. Ah, oh, sounds good to me. <laughs> the Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.